two in is back. Two in. Two in, everybody. And I mean two because the other half of the two in is back. Sergio is back. Good morning, Sergio. Don't call it a comeback. Yeah, I apologize for the lateness of this episode, but it's been um, well, it's been quite a, a tumultuous week uh, for everybody. Why don't you catch the people up on what you've been up to? Oh, we said it best, man. I spent the week uh, in a cabin in the woods. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I didn't die. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess you got sick, um, just like I got sick, and it must have been pretty rough. Uh, yeah, very sick. I couldn't breathe. Uh, I made myself hike a mountain still, uh, which was very difficult. Um, I ate a lot of shitty food. Probably gained like five pounds. Um, there was no internet connection, so I wasn't able to watch the uh, Wednesday Night Wars or or do this show or you know. So that was that was kind of a bummer. But all in all, it was it was a pretty good time. Pretty good time, man. <laughs> doesn't sound good now what what uh you know when when you're when you're in those situations do you ever think to yourself how did people live before the internet yeah like uh you know it's you, you know you take a dump and it's, it's boring you know you just you're just sitting there <laughs> yeah you have to think <laughs> you know who wants to do that yeah. um so I mean, we're pretty much we're, we're we're talking from we're talking now, and like the stuff we're supposed to be covering is almost two weeks old at this point. Uh, so it's going to be kind of hard to remember. But um, I mean, do we have did, did anything happen? Is there any newsworthy items that that came up uh, during the time? Uh, not not much news. I read Scarlett Bordeaux may have been signed by NXT. Okay. Um, we mentioned uh, Shotzi Blackheart. Is that how you pronounce it? Yep. Yeah, she also signed with WWE. Uh, just those two. I guess Kane Velasquez signed his uh, multi-year deal. Okay, we got Kane. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Now, yeah. Let me ask you this: Did you watch any of? Did you watch Kane's match with AAA? I, I don't know how good he is, or how much training he actually has. I haven't gotten to see that match, but I heard he was doing a bunch of crazy stuff that somebody in their first match shouldn't have been doing. One thing that I find interesting, I mean, I don't know if he's a fan or not, but I heard him on the on the Conan podcast, and uh, he didn't know what Brock Lesnar's finisher was, VF five. <laughs> I, I guess I guess they had him, they they wanted him to do it or something. He didn't know what it was, so I guess maybe he's, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume if you don't know what VF five is, you're probably not really watching WWE. I mean, not that it matters if he's a fan or not, but I just thought that was interesting. Well, even if you haven't been watching uh, WWE since Brock Lesnar's been around, can you blame him? Um, he might have been a fan back in the day. I, I, I think he's, I think he's somewhat of a fan. I don't know to what degree, but I, so like, I'm surprised to know that the F5 he he didn't know what that is, but you know, that doesn't mean he's not a wrestling fan. Some people just like wrestling and they just don't remember anything about what they watch so you, you could have seen Brock Lesnar do the F5 a bunch of times and just never knew what that was what it was called I don't know I will say this I, I watched a little bit of the press conference I know this is this is um which which was when was the press conference last week and uh yeah man the uh they need to not give Kate Velasquez the microphone 
Not as promos, not a strong suit. No, not at all. Which, which you don't really expect from a fighter. They, they don't really, typically, they're not really known as talkers, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, well, the successful ones are. True. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, it's just that kind of a thing. Um, they they look at it like, oh, so that's a funny thing. It's like I'm not sure. I'm not sure how big of a deal this is for wrestling fans. I know that sitting at, so when I was sitting there at Hell in a Cell, they played the kind of SmackDown, the Friday Night SmackDown recap package so they could show everybody what happened on that first episode. And um, there's like a guy like behind and to the left of me, like a couple of seats, and I just heard him screaming, no one cares. So when Cain Velasquez was on screen, so I mean... I don't know. Take that guy's take that guy's opinion with a grain of salt, but I, I'm sure he can't be the only one. Yeah, so I think in general, most wrestling fans don't really care, but I think it's more of a bigger deal to you know maybe the MMA fans or sports fans. I think it's I think basically it's an attempt to you know gain new viewers ultimately. But so in terms of the arenas, I don't really see Kane Velasquez really getting much of a maybe a reaction or a face pop like they're hoping for. You know, yeah, he might now just because you know how people don't want to be left out. So even if they don't know who they is, they know they're supposed to, so they act like they do. You know, he could get a little bit of that, but it's never going to be like the Austin Pop or anything. Oh, for sure. And I know, I know Lesnar's the heel, but I feel like it's still it looks dumb when he's when he's cowering away from somebody. You know what I mean? It just doesn't look. It just looks phony, like phony pro wrestling. Like I don't think he should be scared of anybody. You know? Yeah, I guess. But, <clears throat> but I mean, if you're not scared of anybody, then why aren't you the babyface? If if yeah. it, it and if you're gonna be scared of one guy, it should probably be the one that fucked you up. So. Yeah. Did you hear that Kane Velasquez episode on the Conan podcast? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was interesting. His fighting strategy on on how he went in there and his plan on how to beat Lesnar and stuff. So it was it was a good listen. His plan was punch him in the face till he passed out. And it worked. Yeah, yeah. That should be everybody's plan, I feel, but you know, you don't always see it. Anyway. Um Yeah, so well, well I guess we'll I guess we better get used to Cain Velasquez. We'll be seeing him for a little while. Um I guess we should just but if if, if there's nothing else, maybe we should just jump right into this uh into this coverage because we got quite a bit to talk about. Um, let's start with you know what? Let's start with a bang and let's start talking about AW Dynamite because um, Dynamite goes bang. And uh, so you know they had their first ever live episode on TNT. Um, they've been hyping it up for a while. They've had some pay per view shows, but now. Um, so that they're used to doing live broadcasts, but you know, this will be the first one that's going to be formatted like a TV show or somewhat. So you got a chance to see this. Uh, what were your first impressions of, uh, their first time out? Uh, overall, it kind of had a really, uh, nitro like look and feel to it. Um, I don't know if it was TNT or Tony Schiavone or the stadium or the arena, but it did look and feel like nitro to me. 
And other than that, just overall, I just felt like the show was a little too too wrestling heavy. Not enough, like, um, I don't know, promos, vignettes, backstage stuff. Um, so, one thing I forgot to mention. So I, so, I watched Being the Elite. And they do a really, really good job on that show on character development. Like, introducing characters, making you care about the characters, and knowing the characters. But the AEW wrestling show thus far does the opposite. So, like, you know, so, like, we should just assume, we should just know who they are and already care. But um, it's, just, it's not working for me. Like, everyone's kind of coming out just as regular dudes, just wrestling matches. You know, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but we just don't really, don't really care about anybody, if that makes sense. So if you watch Being the Elite, and you don't care, then what must somebody like me feel when I'm watching this? Right? Yeah, exactly. Because you know who they are. Yeah. And, and I mean, I know who they are too. I don't need to watch Being Elite to know who the people are, because I've seen them before. But, uh, I mean, is 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 that does that mean that um, you know, Being the Elite is required viewing to watch Dynamite? Is that what we're supposed to think here? Um, you know, as somebody that watches Being the Elite, what do you think? Do you think you need to watch Being the Elite? Will it enhance the enjoyment of this show? Yeah, I would say so uh, to a degree. It, it, it will help. But just overall, just the presentation of the of the guys is different. And, like, um, here's an example. Like, Being the Elite did a really good job on promoting Darby Allen. So he, he had a really cool vignette when AEW signed him and they kind of went into his whole persona and the skateboarding and the dark side of him. But now when we watch him in AEW, he's just some regular dude with his face painted, you know? So, so the Darby Allen character doesn't really translate through uh, the wrestling show. And that's one example. Uh, I, but I feel like all across the board, um, you know, with the exception of like maybe like an MJF or something, or the Young Bucks, like everyone else is just coming out and they're just regular dudes. Like you're not really seeing what the presentation or what being the elite was able to do. Uh, yeah, I think that it's going to be a problem, especially considering the way they've decided that you know when the guy comes out for his entrance and the graphic comes up with his name and everything. And it's got his win loss record off on the side. So you're going to start off. Like a lot of these matches are like, you know, competitive matches. And most of the time, like if you're, if you're trying to introduce people to a wrestling roster, you're going to need to have it obvious, like who's supposed to get over in any given match or segment. Right. So they probably shouldn't be starting the matches with, you know, guys like, I mean, I understand in the first episode, which we're going to talk about the first match, you got to, you already said you're going to have this match. Um, but, uh, there should be a guy that kind of gets talked up while he's beating up on a jobber guy, you know, and we'll, we can, we can talk a little bit about the NWA power show, uh, later for more on that. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is what they, this is what they promised though. They said they were going to deliver, a wrestling show, a sports-like show, and that's pretty much what they got. So hopefully no one's too surprised. Um, it just may not be uh, 
your cup of tea, but that's the thing. Like, this is this is pro wrestling. You're supposed to watch pro wrestling on pro wrestling. So, like, I don't understand what people want because there's much more entertaining ways to not be pro wrestling. Like, if I wanted to see something funny, I would watch a comedy show or a stand-up comedy special. I'm not going to watch the Young Bucks try to do it. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I don't understand. Like, what whatever you're asking from pro wrestling, and I'm talking about you, Sergio, whatever you're asking whenever you turn on an episode of Raw or you turn on an episode of Dynamite or, you, or whatever you're turning on and you're disappointed by getting pro wrestling, I don't, under, <laughs> I don't, under, I don't know what you think is going to happen. But everything that's not pro wrestling is going to be awful. It's going to be awful comedy. It's going to be awful drama. It's going to be, it's going to be some. There might be some setups, um, and and some confrontations. But those things are only going to lead to more pro wrestling. So if that's not what you want to watch, then you're in, you're watching the wrong shows. You know. Yeah, I guess I guess my idea of pro wrestling is like a variety show. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that's- that's what killed it, and that's what brought it to this point. Now, this is why things are as bad as they are, or as good as they are, depending on you know who you're asking. Oh, so you disagree? You're a fan of the wrestling heavy show? I don't think that the matches should be long, and I don't think that it should be like mostly matches. But it should move quickly, and everything should be about the sport. I don't want to see, you know, unless it's something obviously. Um, meant to be a skit, which there's there's some things we can talk about this and examples I could point out in this episode, like SCU, for example. But I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't want to watch a match that goes three commercial breaks. But in that in that in that three segments, you could have one match and you could have some promos and you can have some packages and you could have something in the ring and something backstage and just something to keep it moving. And keep people's like keep people interested and not stick on one thing too long, you know. That that's what it's got to be. But a variety show, that's not what that means. That a variety show means you're getting lots of different forms of entertainment in one place, and that's not what we want because it always ends up bad. You know why do you why do you think Tuesday Night Titans isn't still on the air? You know because a wrestling talk show is fucking dumb and nobody would watch that shit. So. Um, but yeah, so going to dynamite now, my first, my impression of this show was that I thought it was a pretty good show in terms of the formatting and, you know, the way that, uh, the way that they kind of moved from segment to segment and the, some of the transitions and basically the, the, the pace and the flow of it. Um, I thought, I thought, uh, you know, I never got too bored watching it. Um, but where, where the issues were was you know, what happened in those segments, the bell to bell between the matches, the, the content of the segments and what they were trying to set up and how they did it ended up being, um, egregious, uh, and bad in my opinion. And I can use the very first segment and very first match to illustrate my points of how they made several mistakes just in, just before they even took a commercial break and how even the commercial break itself was a mistake. Um, so the first match was uh, Cody Rhodes. So he gets the first entrance on AEW TV, right? Uh, that, that was no accident because why, why else would you introduce him first? Um, he comes out and he's got this, you know, this, this hyped elaborate entrance. And then um, Sammy Guevara just walks out with a panda on his head. So 
that's kind of like anticlimactic, but whatever. Um, they, they have they have their match, right? And so 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 let me let's the, the, their match was whatever, but I'm gonna start picking it apart in the details, right? Because this this match and this segment was designed to build into something bigger, and um, we'll see how good of a job they do. So so Cody uh, has to do a dive, right? Because you have to, you can't not do a dive now, um, especially on a guy like Sammy. Because God forbid that you leave the high flying stuff to him, right? When you're like wearing a you know weight belt, acting like you're big for some reason. Um, so Cody dives, and he and he he, he hits Brandy, right? Because Sammy pulls Sammy pulls her in front. Total heel move, you know, on the heel on the Triple H of AEW. He pulls a pulls his wife in the way, and she gets knocked down by the dive, and she hits her head on the on the barricade. And I don't think that was an intentional spot, but she definitely did. But don't worry, because she no-sold it and got right back up and brushed herself off. And um, so, you know, my point is, if a dive can't hurt Brandy Rhodes, then uh, Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar and guys like that look really dumb when a Seth Rollins or a Finn Balor or Daniel Bryan flies at them and they do sell it. Um, I don't, uh, but I guess we just learned that Brandy is stronger than they are. That's all we learned here. So, uh, all this, all this match they did, it was, you know, it, it went, it went way too long. Um, and it, and it, it was, it was a lot for just like an opening match on a card and an opening match on a, on a, uh, a, a television debut. I mean, you don't have to pull out all the stops in your first match and then, so after the match is over, which uh, Cody Rhodes goes over, um, and Sammy Guevara, who is a heel enough to pull his wife in front of a dive, offers to shake his hand, right? So right now, you don't want to trust Sammy. Um, especially, not only did he pull his wife in front, but she got her retribution on him because she hit him with a shoe in the face. So, okay, there we go. Now... Um, Jericho comes out and Sammy just kind of he's he Jericho attacks Cody and Sammy just kind of stands there before he you know powders out and leaves and then Jericho proceeds to lay a beating on Cody Rhodes for like the next several minutes and he beats him all around the ring and they take a commercial break during this time so enjoy your commercials, but don't worry, you won't miss anything because we'll put this action in a tiny little box in the lower right-hand corner so you can follow along. So you can watch a silent beating of Cody Rhodes. Um, and everyone, and this is, this is going to be important for later, everyone is standing around doing nothing while Chris Jericho does this, including Cody's wife, who we all know is the strongest because she didn't, you know, you know, you can't hurt her with a suicide dive where she bangs her head on the rail. That's not, that's not enough to take her down. So, so she just stands there for some reason. So I guess even Chris Jericho stronger than her. Um, uh, Chris Jericho they should at least they should at least have somebody holding her, you know, making her watch the beating or something, you know. Right. Which that would have made sense, but again, we can't do that now because we got to wait for later, right? So, so, so you know, Jericho hits him with a chair, and then slaps him. So that's the order of operations. First, hit the chair. Hit him with a chair, then slap him. Um, yeah, I mean, so and and yeah, Brandy could have or or Brandy could have got shoved down, you know. But since she wouldn't sell it anyway, 
you know, there's no point. So they didn't do it. I mean, that's your first segment right there. There's a, there's a bunch of things I pointed out. I pointed out how um, uh, Brandy didn't sell a dive. They did too much in an opener. Um, Sammy offered to shake his hand in the worst possible place you could offer to shake somebody's hand. They did a picture in picture on a beating. Uh, they, they got their order wrong of slapping a guy and hitting him with a chair. They got that reversed. Um, and his wife didn't do nothing and nobody did anything. They all just stood around and watched it. So that's your opening segment for, so everybody's tuning in and maybe they don't notice this kind of stuff. I'm going to just go out on a limb and say, you didn't notice one of those things I mentioned. Yeah, none of that really bothered me, to be honest. Does it bother you now that I brought it up? Uh, I guess I'd have to watch it again. Mm. Now that you brought it up. Yeah, I think you're really going to have to start paying attention to these kind of things. Because as a worker, you should this stuff should bother you. You should be saying, like, why aren't they doing this? Why did they do that? Why didn't they do this? They did this wrong. These are the kind of things that should go through your mind. And they're trying to make an impression here. They're, they're, they're obviously starting up this company because they're saying, look, you guys aren't doing it right. We'll show you how to do it. And then they do this shit. As you could tell it's like wrestlers that are just copying wrestling they've seen and it's out of order and they don't know why it was done in the first place. They're just like, it's like, it's almost like, um, I don't know, like just putting all the puzzle pieces together in a square, even though you didn't fit them together. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, all right. So now, you remember when I said, uh, so, so okay, so we got SCU. Oh, I mentioned SCU came out. They did something, right? And you were wanting a little more inter, inter, variety and entertainment in your pro wrestling program. And uh, yeah. so SCU does the skit because the show's in Washington, D.C. And they do a skit where Scorpio Sky is doing an impression of uh, Barack Obama and the uh, the Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian are dressed as Secret Service agents, and they all get their shit in, and this whole thing takes about mm, 30, 45 seconds or whatever it is, maybe a minute. Um, what did you think of this? Now I forget. Did they cut the Orist Town promo? They had to have, right? Yeah, as Barack Obama. Okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, it was, it was good. See, we need more of that. That's uh, character development. You know what I mean? Okay. So we developed that they want to act like Barack Obama. and But that that's not enough, right? Uh, they got their vignette, but then they get a live interview on the stage, okay? So they're interviewing SCU on the stage, and who comes out but the Lucha Brothers, right? And they come out, and they, they want to say something to SCU. They want to get on the mic, right? And, 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 and let them know, hey... Uh, we got a problem. I don't know what the problem is, but they got a problem. They want to fight. Which, you know, that's cool. Except, um, guess what happens right when they walk out, just to talk? Uh, Atlas Security swarms the stage and gets in between them. So, when two Mexicans want to interrupt a promo, security guards are on the stage like that. When Chris Jericho beats Cody Rhodes for five minutes in front of his wife, nobody does a damn thing. Any comments? From that, from that logic, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Or it doesn't make sense. But you didn't notice that, did you? I was no, just... I don't think... 
Yeah, like I said, some it dip, I have my own set of pet peeves at times. Uh, a lot of times, those little uh, holes in logic don't really bug me that much. But it bugs you when a six foot two Seth Rollins beats Brock Lesnar in a pro wrestling match? Absolutely. Okay. I was so. more I was more impressed with like cool you know SCU they got to they got their uh, they got to get their catchphrase in and you know that was good. So. <laughs> you're 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 impressed with the catchphrase you've heard five hundred times. Oh yeah. All right. That's the point, man. It's over. Oh well, well, I liked it, but what I'm saying <laughs> is, if you have security break that up, if you have security break up a promo. Then where were they before? Did they all just arrive at the building just then? I mean, just tell me that. Just tell me that Atlas Security's bus was late and they couldn't get here to break up the fight, but they're ready now. They're not going to let another fight happen. And then they hey, break maybe, up. Maybe, maybe they got something against Mexicans. I don't know. They could. <laughs> but, I mean, if you're going to like any Mexicans, you got to like the Lucha Brothers. I mean, those guys are cool. So, I don't know. I just, that that's the kind of shit I'm like, it's okay if you have these kind of things. Like, if Chris Jericho is trying to beat up Cody Rhodes and a bunch of security guards come out and he, like, tries to fight through them to beat up Cody Rhodes, but it just just that you're... There's got to be, like, a protocol for what would happen. Like, what would happen if somebody really ran down to the ring and started fighting? Like, let's let's say it was a... Let's say it was, like, a fan, right? Like, uh, maybe he was somebody's friend from backstage... And he was hanging out backstage and then like he lost his mind and decided he was going to hit the ring. Right. What would they do if that happened? They would tackle that guy and keep the cameras off him. And you'd never know that it happened, you know, but Chris Jericho's can, can beat up the president of the company for five minutes and no one does anything, including his wife. I'm just going to keep going. Just going to keep going back to that this whole time. Remember they keep on liking, they keep on putting over that. There's no writers. So what Mm -hmm. I'm curious is, okay, there's no writers. Like, who's putting this show together? That, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I guess they just, um, I mean, there's they're, they don't have writers in the sense of, like, they don't hand people scripted promos, but they probably have somebody, some agents or something maybe formatting a show together, or maybe they're trying to do it themselves, which could be why some of this stuff is bad. And so, anyway, uh, then we get an ad for Hell in a Cell. Then later on, we get uh, a women's title match. Now, I know this is probably your most anticipated match of the evening, Sergio, because we're going to have a very first AEW Women's World Champion here. And, uh, of course, um, it is the native beast, Nyla Rose, uh, taking on um, Riho, or as Marco Stunt calls her, Big Sexy. Um. <laughs> So we've 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 been we've we've already kind of seen this between these two and maybe a triple threat match or tag team matches or battle royals or you know we've seen these we've seen these two chicks in particular mix it up before and it seems like it's a very easy story to tell you know you got a giant against a small uh person and um so there's lots of sympathy you know, for Riho because she's so small. Um, even though, again, you know, she looks like Kevin Nash next to Marco Stunt, but she's very small compared to Nyla Rose. 
And so it's an easy story. It's a classic story. It's a classic David and Goliath, right? If you want to, if you love those cliches that much. Um, um, but see, that's, that, that's another issue. Like outside of the obvious size difference, they didn't, there was no like actual David versus Goliath, like story being told. Like, you know, they could have had something like Nyla Rose, you know, attacked her in the back. So now not only is she smaller, now she's got a hurt ankle or something. You know what I mean? Like, there was none of that. It was just uh, a match, you know? Mm. Yeah, it was. It was just another match. Um, they barely they barely put over, you know, the size difference. They tried to on commentary, of course. Which, now that I'm talking about commentary, I, I want to say... Um, they rightly put Tony Schiavone out there with JR and Excalibur. And... I'm just going to say it right now. Tony Schiavone is the MVP of this show. He saved the whole fucking show. He's like, JR is still like in his crazy old man mode and he hasn't quite settled back into wrestling commentary. Um, Excalibur is still a moron. And Tony is like the glue, just trying to hold him together the best he can. You know, like he, he's, he's asking questions. He's, he's leading guys into, commentary he you know he's setting them up he's he's filling the space um he sounds like he's doing the best job of commentary he's ever done um and and that's saying something so uh big shout out and props to tony Schiavone on this episode um for did you notice that or what did you think of tony or or the commentary yeah, yeah for sure i'm a big fan of the commentary and i'll be honest i don't mind excalibur very much he hasn't he hasn't really bothered me i know everyone shits on the mask and I get it, yeah. but I I prefer, I prefer a two man team. Mm-hmm. But since Excalibur is there, I I think he does an okay job. I don't yeah I don't mind Excalibur. I, he just makes mistakes. That's all. It's it's just, and I don't mind the mask. I don't really care about that. It's just that Excalibur is a dumbass. That's all. I'm just saying he's a dumbass. I don't mind. I'm not saying he has to leave. You know, I said Alex Marvez had to leave. I told him to leave. So you could also thank this podcast for getting Alex Marvez out of the booth. But. Um, you know, now we gotta watch Alex. Now we gotta watch him on a. He was on NWA, wasn't he? No, no, that's a different person. Who am I thinking of? Oh, yeah. Well, never mind. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> no, he, he still works there. He's just not on. He's not in the booth on commentary. He might be in the back, like giving them information. You know, like a like Vince in the headset does, but he's probably not screaming at him. But he might be giving him like the the you know because you know how when you're. Uh, you get you get fed information to say, you know, like talking about background details, <coughs> stuff like that. He's probably in their headset producing them, um, but you just can't have him on the air as a personality because he's just a he's just a, a you know no charisma city. Um, can, can you can you can you imagine him actually yelling inside of a JR's headset? <laughs> yeah, it's very. I'm sure it's very apologetic. He's like, uh, "Jr. Sir, um, I just want to let you know that uh, Riho has been wrestling since she was nine years old." <laughs> yeah, sir. Um, so, but anyway, so back to the match. Um, so Nyla Nyla Rose is a big fat giant, and she's using chairs. Like, and there's no reason for like she's she's like getting a bunch of chairs out. Like she's gonna use them. Like she's gonna slam her on them or something. And it's like, what has she done in this match to deserve this treatment? <laughs> She's already way smaller than you, yeah. and you're piling up chairs like you're gonna kill her. Like, what? What? Like, don't don't you normally do that when you get pushed to the point of like you know like you you cracked 
and you're so mad that you just want to hurt somebody. But she, nothing has happened. She's been dominating the whole match, and then she pulls chairs out. And it's not even a case of like, oh, I tried to beat her, and she kept kicking out, so I'm going to get the chairs. It was just like, well, this is the point in the match where I get the chairs. See, these are the kind of psychology things that, this is why you listen to this show, because any any Mark can tell you, um, yeah, I didn't like this match. I don't like Nyla Rose. She botched a lot of spots. Anybody can tell you that, okay? And you can donate to their Patreon or whatever. But we're telling you how a match is supposed to go and how wrestlers are supposed to wrestle and how workers are supposed to work and how psychology uh, can get done. So you don't just pull out a pile of chairs for no reason when you're already dominating and dominant. Um, now, as for Riho, uh, you know, I think Riho works when she's not just like, when she's one of four or six small Japanese girls in the same match, you're kind of like, who? But when she's by herself, it's much easier to just be like, okay, I know who this is. She's a small girl. She's tough. You know, she's, she's, she's been doing this for a minute. Um, 13 year veteran, you know, at 22. Uh, so you could kind of get behind her. She gets lost in the shuffle though, when you just throw a bunch of them out there and no one knows who any of them are. Um, but I, I like her here. Um, I just, but I don't like the win. I don't like the way they did it. Um, no, it, 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 I, I just felt like, yeah, I just, I just, I didn't like the win. I felt Nyla should have won. I think the right man should have won. And that was Nyla. Whoa. Hey, whoa. <laughs> Oh, it's just edit, a figure. It's a figure of speech. It's, it's just a figure of speech. <laughs> it's a figure of speech. Um, all right, the right whoa man one, and uh, and that or that that that's what it should have been. Like I would have expected, like Rio puts up a fight and Nyla wins. That's the story they probably should have told. And I'm not I'm not necessarily a fan of Nyla Rose, but I'm just looking at what they're giving me. And, like, if they just all of a sudden, like, push the pencil in my hand, like, what are you going to do for the finish here? I'm like, uh, well, I guess Nyla Rose goes over, right? Because then Riho gets to chase. She gets the sympathy. She's already, you want to give her the sympathies because she's small, even though she's a titanic beast compared to Marco Stunt. But everyone else, she's small. So you want to give, you want to give her that sympathy and you want the fans to see her go get it. Like, you almost had it. Go get it. Right? Am I right? Yeah, so that, that's my issue, dude. Like, she won, and I can't speak for everyone. Like, I don't care, you know? They, they you know, they could have showed a video package on how she had to drop out of school and maybe sell sushi to help support her family as a kid. And uh, then... Can I can I just say, um, before anybody flames us, that Sergio's a quarter Japanese, so he's allowed to say things like yeah, that? Yeah, I'm allowed to say that, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, maybe Nyla Rose attacks her in the back before the match, and there's an... Now she has even more of an of an advantage, and then you know give us reasons to care about Rio, but we've got nothing. We've never heard one promo from Rio, we've never seen a video package, nothing. She's just some small girl who who's never spoken a word. That's not true. And, you know, that's not true. They 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 had a package with her. They had a package with both of them. They both got interviews. Hers was translated and has subtitles, but okay. I mean yeah. they did they did have one, so there was at least one. Um. And they always keep telling the story, but still like what you said, what you're saying, basically what, if I'm hearing you correctly, what I'm saying is you don't really care about Riho, but you want to, you want them to make you right. Exactly. Yep. So, and that's what we're all asking. Like when we're, you know, 
there's some people that it's not going to matter what they do. We're just not going to care, but at least try. Um, and so, but no, instead she wins. She's the champ. And this is especially what I don't like. So, so Michael Nakazawa comes out and he's always fun. And he's, he's, uh, going to like, I guess, translate her victory promo, but you know, sour grapes, Nyla attacks Michael and beats him up and tries to give him a power bomb and she can't really do it. Um, so that, that whole thing was fucked up, but besides the fact that Nyla Rose sucks, let's pretend she didn't suck for a minute and talk about the angle there. So you're, do you mean to tell me that you beat up this 98 pound girl for 15 minutes and lost? And then you, so you're going to turn around and beat up Michael Nakazawa now? Like, the, like what, what? If you if you're that tough, then why didn't you beat her? Why did you lose? You see what I'm saying? Like the booking yeah, makes no sense. sense. It would have been it would have been better if if you beat if you beat Riho, and maybe Michael Nakazawa came out to help her back to the ring because she got you know crushed, and then you beat him up too. Wouldn't that get her over more as a monster if that's what you want? I mean, you, just, you guys are fucking dumb. Can I just say that you're dumb? Okay, you have a nice little TV show there, but you're dumb. Um, yeah. So, and then the, the only other note, so, you know, by the end of the night, the whole thing becomes clear. Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, um, some other guys, and that one guy, like, they all formed a group. <laughs> um, you, want, you, want, you want to talk about that, a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm a fan of the group. I'm a fan of them pushing Sammy Guevara. Uh, so we saw the uh, debut of Jake Hager. Uh, I like Hager's role in the group. See, he's never uh, he's never really connected to the crowd. Do you agree with that? Like, he's always been kind of they, they've tried to push him in WWE, but he to me he was always just missing something. He was kind of uninteresting, uh-huh. not very entertaining. So thus far in the group, um, not to skip ahead a week, but. He's he's been kind of mysterious. He's I I think thus far his role in that group has been has been good. I think I think they're I think they're uh whatever, whatever they're doing I think is gonna work finally for Jake Hager, which is keeping the mic out of his hands and far away from him. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I did read all I, I read somewhere that I guess back in WWE at one point Jericho did pitch for Hager to be his bodyguard, but they they uh, squashed it obviously. Yeah. Well, I've never been a fan of his. At one point, I, I remember saying at one point when he first started, because he was at OVW when we were there, right? That's when he came in. Yeah, I remember actually, I think the first show I ever went to, he was one of the first guys to come out and wrestle. Yeah. And even then, like you looking at him and you're just like, God, this guy's boring. Like he had like, like, a, like gray, like a gray singlet or something yeah, with an yeah. O with an O on it. I'm like, uh, gray is not Oklahoma's colors, man. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you, you, you pick the most boring color. You're the most boring guy. I said at the time that his footwork was worse than the great Khali's. Um, and he's obviously a lot better <laughs> now, but Jesus <clears throat> Christ, there was a time when he was so bad and he never really got good in the ring or, you know, on, definitely not on the mic. 
So, but, yeah. but I mean, he got much more passable in the ring. Like he could, you know, someone could get a decent match with him if they knew what they were doing. But, um, yeah, I, I've never, you know, I thought, I thought going to MMA was a good transition for him. And I guess he's going to keep doing that, but it's kind of more, you know, up his alley. He is a real competitor and he should be doing that because he's not entertaining. So he, he works for the AEW roster. He's, you know, a big guy. He's, he's like, the, he's the legit, he's the legit guy there. You know, Jericho, Jericho can do the talking. He's kind of in that enforcer role. And, and, and I think that works for him. That, that works for that setup. Yes. Just keep him quiet. Yeah. Um, and the only other, the only other note I had on this was, um, so you mean to tell me that Dustin Rhodes put on like a leather bodysuit and his face paint just to do a run in and get beaten up, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like he couldn't have came out in jeans and a t-shirt. He was expecting to be out there even though he wasn't on the card. Yeah, that was weird. It's like, he should have been a street clothes, you know, though. Um, yeah. So. We see so and and the other guys were you you said LAX too right or didn't you? Well, LAX was there too. They're not called that. Um, they're just called Santana and Ortiz. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so so that's the, so that that's the group. We got a group. We got Jericho. We got Guevara. We got Santana, Ortiz, and Hager. Did I leave anybody out? That's it. I will say I was surprised. Uh... Because Jericho is like a legit like five eleven, maybe five ten, and I was surprised how much bigger he was than Guevara and um, well, I guess one of the one of the LAX guys. I don't know which one it was, but uh, yeah, those guys were smaller than I expected. Well, you're you're surprised at a lot of these things because you keep believing the heights and weights they tell you. Well, only I know because I, I mean I've met Jericho, so I know how tall he is. Um, I've got like an inch on him. You know, mm-hmm. so so that's how I can go by. You just, know, just, just throwing that just in there. Just, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm an inch taller than Jericho. No, I'm over. <laughs> so, to me, as a kid, as a kid growing up, I was always uh, worried about my height. So, to me, as a, when I was younger, Jericho was always that. Okay, you know, he's five ten. You know, I might have a shot. I ended up, you know, I ended up, I'm five eleven and a half now, so I ended up growing. But as a kid, I was always really really insecure i'm like oh, i'm not gonna be tall enough but i always jericho is always like okay he's 510 you know he's up there you know i so think that's the connection for me i got you i got you and you were at the you were in the you were trying to get in the business at the time when all anybody cared about was how tall you were so it was yeah exactly like, yeah yeah we like i said i say it all the time we were in the worst period of the business's history um for a lot of reasons and also, I, you know, I, I, I like how you said you're, what, what was it? Five eleven and a half. You, you, I, think, <laughs> I, I think you spotted yourself a little bit there. I think that's Sergio's WWE height. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's, so let's go ahead and move on to, uh, the other half of the Wednesday night wars. But before we do that, I'm going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back and talk about NXT. Okay, NXT on USA now. This is their first full live two-hour broadcast, right? We've gotten little hour previews that have been broken up over that in the network. But this is the first competing 
full length, two hour, two hour plus. So set your DVRs accordingly. Uh, episode of NXT on USA. Sergio, what do you think about this episode in comparison to, well, just how did, how did you feel about this episode overall? I thought it was good. Uh, in, in my opinion, if I had to pick which show was better, for me personally, I like the NXT show better on that week. Mm. Uh, I think uh, the Adam Cole-Matt Riddle match definitely definitely stole it. Uh, match, match of the week for sure. Um, yeah, that's that. What do you think? Okay, here's what I think. I think you're a hypocrite because you said that AEW is just wrestling, 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 and wrestling heavy, and NXT was the exact same way. So I'm going to take a guess. <laughs> I'm going to take a guess that the way you, the reason that you're choosing NXT over AEW is simply because the work was better, right? Well, here's the thing, though. We already have a connection with the characters. We already have a connection with Adam Cole, Adam Cole, Matt Riddle, you know, Dream Strong, etc. You know, since AEW is new, I feel like they should they need to put more of an effort on getting us to know the characters. Where as NXT, we already know everybody. Does that make sense? It would if uh, you were speaking for everyone, but you're not. A lot of people are watching this for the first time and finding out these characters. So they did just as yeah. bad a job of introducing them to everybody as uh, AEW did, if not worse. Because I don't think any of these people got the intro packages um, before they were going to have their matches. They might have done a package or two for people you know, that were going to be on a future episode or something, but you know that they didn't really do anything better here. No, you're no, but you do have a point. Uh, NXT was equally wrestling heavy, and I almost wonder if they're doing that because if they're trying to match what the AEW product is going to be, or if that's just happened. I don't know. Mm. Um. So here's here's how I feel. At the end of the day, I I was gonna save this for the end of the you know to compare the two at the end, but I'll just say that I think AEW had a better show. And I think NXT had better work. So if you could, because yeah. NXT, it was like, it was very, very clunky and boring in the sense of like very predictable. We've seen this. You and I have seen this. This is basically just two episodes slapped together. You know, it's, it's really not any different than what we've been watching, except we watch two hours at a time now instead of one. So for us, it's nothing new and we like that. So we're just used to it. And, and this is kind of what we expect. But if I'm, thinking of like somebody that's watching this for the first time, I want it to, I want some of the matches to be a little bit shorter and maybe get some more in uh, and, and more backstage and more and more packages and more other things. Just keep the show moving a little bit. Yeah. It's not that it was a bad show. It was a good show. It's just that, you know, it, it, it slowed down. Like no one's, no one that hasn't seen this before is going to want to see it like this. So they, they should be much both, both the, um, both the companies should be concerned about pacing it out, you know, not spending too much time lingering. Um, and, and, and you could have like a main event match could be like the long one and everything else can be like, you know, under, under five, you know, maybe six. I, I, I wish, I wish they would have more squash matches, like just have a, a local talent jobber. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they, they will, they will. You do see that in NXT sometimes. And sometimes they use their own guys to job, but yeah. it's, it's, uh, you know, it, that, that's fine. We'll see that. But I just, for this particular episode, um, I'll go down the, I'll go down the card. So they started off with the, the championship match, um, of, you know, 
Matt Riddle and Adam Cole. Now, to me, this is kind of like, you know, I always accuse you of being a Mark all the time, but I'll, I'll be fair and I'll, and I'll call them Marks too, because they're starting off with a championship match. I assume that's because they think it's going to matter in the ratings. No one's really going to say like, well, I really want to watch AEW, but I can't miss this title match. Like, come on, it's 2019, dude. Nobody, you know, is nobody's thinking like that anymore. Well, uh, I guess for the fans that are flipping back and forth, you're probably going to stick with the uh, title match versus Cody versus Sammy, I would assume. It's a, under, under that logic. I would give anything to know um, who out there is watching TV and flipping back and forth between two channels. In 2019, yeah, with, yeah. With, with DVRs, you know, like I just want to know who's doing it. I want to know how many people. I want to know the legit number because I know there are, but I want to know how many. Um, anyways, I noticed that uh, Riddle's weight was announced at 216, which looks reasonable. He looks like he could weigh 216 pounds. Yeah, I believe it. He probably doesn't though. He probably weighs about 200, but. 216 looks good, but then you noticed uh, they did not announce Cole's weight at all. So uh, I guess saying he, I guess saying he <laughs> guess saying that a the guy looking like that, looking like Matt Riddle's son, um, wouldn't be six pounds lighter. Or uh, no, one pound lighter. Remember, he's 215 on WWE.com. Oh, I thought he was 210. No, 215, dude. Okay. Yeah. He's got. Same size. He's got. He's got to be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess 170. That's my. That's my shoot. My shoot guess. That's probably a little generous. But we'll go with that. 170. His legs are decent for his size. <laughs> um. Well, you know, legs are heavy. Uh. So, of all the moves that Adam, <laughs> that Adam Cole does, I think the last shot is probably the weakest looking one. Oh, his finisher. Yeah, because he he, he yeah. gave he gave Riddle two Panama sunrises, and that wasn't enough. But he gives him like a light knee to the back of the head, and that's it. Lights out. Oh wait, you're that's the uh, flipping uh, pile driver move that everyone's doing now, right? Uh huh. You know, I'm surprised because I feel like that move, like everyone's fucking doing it. So now when someone does it, I'm like, oh, really? Did, didn't I see? Now, didn't I see Dijakovic do it? Did, did he do it to Keith Lee? I think so. Or they did it yeah. off the top. Maybe they do it off the top. They, they whatever, did. whatever yeah. it was, it was a yeah. kick out. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, uh, I just, I, I just, I don't, I hate that move now. Yeah, if anybody does that move, that should be the end of the match because you're not going to do a move that looks more oh, like dude. you would die from it. You know, and How that's what even... I was, that's what I was saying about the Young Bucks. You know, in that ladder match with the with the Lucha Brothers, they do that. They do that off the ladder, through a table, on you know, and all this other stuff. And it looks like, you know, Matt Jackson died. And the crowd is just like, they're totally out of it after that. And they went for like five more minutes. So, so what's the, when you're going over that move, like what's, because I haven't seen anybody spike their head yet. Uh, thank God. But how do you, how are you taking that move safely? Like, for example, like, listen, you're, you're going you're gonna to give somebody a pile driver, right? Well, the guy's landing on their butt. And you kind of like tuck your head, or your head doesn't even hit the mat, theoretically, on a pile driver. Mm-hmm. But that move, like, what's what's the work in that move? Like, just hope you don't spike yourself. I mean, I don't see how any, I don't see how people are landing safely. Uh, I don't either. And it looks like it definitely has the potential to go wrong. The only thing I'm gonna say is that because of the the momentum of rolling forward, 
Um, it's not as obvious that your head isn't tucked all the way between their legs. So it's probably just not even close to a pile driver when they land. You know, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, like when you, when you, when you pick somebody up for a, just a straight pile driver, they can all see you where your head's at. And then the guy drops straight down for the most part. So you look at it like, Oh God, that looks like it, it killed them with the, with the momentum of the rolling forward flip. You know, you're, you're not, you don't get as good a look at it. So you might see like their head's not really down that low or something. That's all I can really say. It's like a magic trick. Mm. Or maybe everybody's just got lucky up to this point. We'll go with that. Yeah, that's far, man. Um, so, uh, yeah. And then, um, you know, after, was it after this that, uh, Finn Balor made his big return? It was, yeah, we also, not a small note, they had their series of the no-sell spot, remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they uh, all, that's in every which, match. Now. So, like, so, yeah, so my, my, my personal rule is you can have that once per night. I know the takeovers, they like to have that in every match. Mm-hmm. But luckily, I think this was the only time that night where they did that. So, like, to me, it was, all right, it's like, fuck it, you know. Yeah, get it out the way at the top. Yeah. But, yeah, Finn Balor's return, which, eh. I feel like he's just, he's just taking somebody's spot, but I mean I get why they're doing it. Yeah. Well, I had I had written here, you know, um, this seems like a step down for Finn Balor, but you know, I guess what can you do when the WWE fucks you over? But that's really more of like a Mark way of looking at it, I guess. So I don't want to say that. I want to well, say sorry, he is making rain, uh, main roster pay, whatever that means. But I know, like, for WWE, a lot of their pay comes from doing, like, the road shows, you know? So if Balor is only – and I haven't seen Balor on any of the uh, NXT house show results, so I don't know if he's just doing TV or what, but I wonder how that pay works out. I, I, I'm always curious how how, how, that, how the pay works out now, you know? Well, we'll have to just – I mean, he's got a lot of merch items. If you've ever been on the shop, I mean, he's got a lot of merch items. So he can make money that way. He's gonna get his video game checks. He's gonna he he's gonna save on travel because he's probably just gonna stay in Florida if he has to be in NXT or whatever. Um, if they do go on, end up going on the road, um, which you know that was announced. I guess we could have talked about that in the news that they said they want to try to next year, you know, to to go on the road, NXT, which I think is a mistake. But uh, you know, we'll talk about that another time. Maybe we'll talk about that on the next episode. But um, it's probably it's probably for the look of the show. I, I, I hear a lot of people uh, saying how much better the AEW show looks versus NXT because of the bigger arena, and I almost wonder if that has something to do with it. Well, what did I say on the first episode uh, when when they they did the first episode on USA? Not this one, but the one a couple weeks ago. What did I say? I said the lights made it look like it was bush league. Just the lights. Yeah. Just turn the lights up. That's all you got to do. It don't it don't matter how big the place is. I mean, what would you rather? Would you rather have a small full sale arena where everybody in there is super hype, or do you want to go to a five thousand seat building and only sell two thousand seats and have everybody just be like, eh? You know, they won't be doing what you want them to do. They won't be reacting how you want them to do. Look, they've got to just stick to their guns and just go with this. And if it looks a certain way, that's your fault. You have the production power to make it look any way you want. It's your show. So I don't want to hear that. I already, I already said that shit about the lights. Um, and that's, that's all it really is. It's lighting. 
You know, I mean, what is, like everything's the same. Whether the building, whether the building is big or whether the building is small, it's just a room full of chairs with a wrestling ring in it. So it's 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 how you light it, um, and shoot it with the and the the quality cameras you're shooting with that make the difference. And we know the WWE's got yeah. money for that. Um, but but I, I understand that having Finn Balor in WWE or in NXT solves two problems, right? Because I'm sure Triple H would love to have Finn Balor's drawing power. You know, when you if you do go on the road or if you if you do want ratings or whatever, um, those people will be excited to see him. So he's happy to have that superstar there, and all yeah. the up and coming guys get to work with him and learn from him. You know, that's that's the good part about him being there. And it's also good for Vince because Vince no longer has to pretend like he likes that guy and needs to do something with him. You know, yeah, because mm-hmm. we all know that he should be a bigger star than he was. But, you know, I, I they, they just don't they just don't see it. So um, that's not fair. But this is where we are. So hopefully, you know, I, I kind of feel bad for him. But it's like like you're a, if you're a team player, you, you work for the company and you got to do what they need. And what they're saying is we need you for this. So, yeah, yeah. That's 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 the that's the real way of looking at it. But it's hard not to look at him, you know, especially when they do these packages, which, you know, we talk about in the next week's episode where they're really just shining a light on all his accomplishments since he's been in the WWE. And then it's like, all right, now go back down to this uh, developmental league. Yeah, you know, when, when, he, when he debuted on Raw and, you know, he won the universal title, it seems like they were really they're really behind him and he got hurt. Then he came back, and it was kind of just downhill from there. Yeah. It's like they had enough time to think about it. Um, so we got, a, we got a title match coming up um, with uh, the Kroger cashier, Candice Wrestling, <laughs> and um, Shayna Baszler, the Queen of Spades. And uh, Candice Wrestling gets a promo. There you go. She gets a promo. And uh, in this promo, she says, um, talking about Shayna, referring to Shayna now, uh, Candace says, and I quote, she has this weird tactic where she tries to intimidate people. Um, I'm just going to, you know, I, I apologize for how this may sound to our listeners, but let me just give you my response to that. Of course she fucking tries to intimidate people what kind of stupid ass who wrote this does she write her own promo she's not candace promo she's candace wrestling <laughs> um, now it now we get the opposite of her eo shirai um she's not she's not just a genius of the sky she's a genius period all right because when she when she's having a match like we all know the cool stuff she can do She's she's very um, acrobatic and uh, yeah. energetic, and all her stuff looks good. She lays it in. She's, she's hot. Intense. She's super hot. She's intense. Um, she's basically what you would expect from a women's wrestler, right? Like this is what we all wanted. This is what she covers all the bases. She checks all the boxes. She, you know, she. I can't think of one bad thing to say about Io. And the way you can tell is like, we know all this cool stuff she could do, but now that she's a heel. She's not doing it. She's working different. She's working like a heel, you know? 
She's limiting her moves. She's limiting her moves. She's not doing she's not doing the GMSI stuff. You know, she's she's doing moves that uh, uh, that are different. Um, she's cheating. You know, she's trying to get heat, you know, as a heel. She's not just going through her pre-planned match. She's working different now that she's in a different character. And what were you going to say? I thought she's like a baby face now again. No, everybody just loves her. That's the problem. She's so good. They don't care if she cheats or is a heel. She's just, you know, she's cheating in this match. You know, getting caught by the ref cheating. Um, oh, Mia Yim's a face. I keep on forget- okay, I forgot about that. Yeah. Rats don't care about Mia Yim. Okay. Yeah, she's a, she's a heel in real life, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> at least to us. Um, they want her to be the face, but no. Yeah. You know? So, so, so she, and she's trying to get a good match out of Mia Yim, and I think she, she well, it's probably the best match Mia Yim's had since she's been there. Um, oh, which, you know, that's, I would say that's not saying much, but since it was a good match and EO was in it, I, I'm not going to take the credit away from EO. So, uh, you know, this is, this is a good example of why she's one of the best. Um, because she's not just like, she's not just saying like, I'm a heel now, moonsault, 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 moonsault. <laughs> she still does a moonsault cause that's her finish, but you know, you know how it is. Um, I didn't know that, uh, Montez her, her, unpre- and Bianca- her unpredictable moonsault, sorry, her unpredictable moonsault. You never know if she's going to hit it safely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I trust her. Um, so I was going to say, I did not know Montez Ford and Bianca Belair were married. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I found out here on the show. Okay. Um, speaking of married, um, the the Kroger cashier's husband is uh, right where he belongs here, smack in the middle of the card with a guy like Shane Thorne. <laughs> this, this should be like the ceiling for... Johnny Gargano, right here. Um, also, what what do you think about the nickname for Shane Thorne, Black Swan? Do you like that? You like the Black Swan, uh, Shane Thorne? You know, man, Shane Thorne looks good, but the, that's that's the end of it. Uh, to me, he's just really uh, he, he's a he's boring, man. Like, uh, I, I I have trouble watching his matches. Now this, I will say, this was a good match, but um, yeah, Shane Thorne just there's nothing going on, man. It's, his promos are really bad. Uh, what do you think of Shane Thorne? Well, shit. Um, I think everybody at this point is probably expecting me to say how great a worker he is, and you don't know what you're talking about. But uh, I have to say, I just agree with everything that you're saying. Really? He does, he does look good. He is boring. I don't know what he's doing there. I kind of zone out during his matches. Uh, yeah, this is a weird. This is okay. one of those weird times. Yeah. Um, and they've been putting him back on TV consistently. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just like uh, there's nothing there, you know? Yeah, he, so this is a – Shane Thorne's a perfect example of, like, when you're looking at – when you're trying to find out um, what should be a, a, a pro wrestler, you know, like how – what's a prototype? So you got a, you got a, a decently – he's not super tall, but he doesn't look short. Um, he's, he's built. He's handsome. He's Australian, you know, like he's got like lots of things that you just look at on paper and you're just like, yeah, and no offense to him. He doesn't do anything bad. He's not bad in the ring or anything. Yeah, I just, yeah. We're just talking about, it's like, I don't know what, you know, I, I just don't know what he does. It's not for me. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot of a uh, missing ingredients there basically. Yeah. 
Well, maybe uh, with this Black Swan character, he'll figure it out. Oh, man, I don't know. Don't hold your breath, though. Um, so then we go, what, are you washing the dishes over there? What's happening? Oh, just heating up some food. Oh, all right. Keep it down. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, this is the, this is the, I wrote a little, um, behind the scenes. I wrote, wrote in my notes here, put Baszler over. So that, that's just basically telling me, just reminding me. <laughs> Just reminding me of freestyle to cut a promo on how, how great Shayna Baszler is, which I do on, um, on, a, on occasion from time to time. Um, I'll just talk about how she's probably the best. She, I've said she's the best booked um, pro wrestler in the WWE and the whole company, any brand, any, any uh, aspect. Um, I think she's she, one of the best wrestlers, period, actually. She's one of the best. Re- yeah, best, best wrestlers. Um, her psychology is great. I like how she works with different people at different skill levels and still gets something different out of them. Um, she just does everything the right way. And dare, so, dare I say she, she's a modern day Bret Hart? Mm, you could you could dare say that, which is crazy because before anybody was talking about Bret Hart like he was Bret Hart, he'd already been wrestling for like fifteen years or something. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like like it takes time for these people. She hasn't been around that long. So she just gets this, you know, she, she gets it. And, um, her task on this night was to get, you know, something out of this Candace, uh, LeRae. I just, um, Candace LeRae is like a female, uh, Shane Thorne, um, to me. Now I understand why you would like her. Um, but, but it, I'm sure it doesn't have anything to do with her skill. It's just, I, I just don't um she does nothing for me personally. And so now it's like the test is like, well, can not only can uh Shayna Baszler do something good with Candace, but can she do something good with Candace that the vet will approve of? So that's the real challenge. And um I guess I approved of this match. What did you think? Yeah, I, I like the match and I will say this for the listeners out there. Uh, I was a Candace fan for a while. I think I first became a Candace fan when I stumbled upon her PWG match. You can find it on YouTube. It's uh, the world's cutest tag team, uh, Candace LeRae and Joey Ryan versus the Young Bucks in some hardcore tag team match that involved thumbtacks and Legos and all kinds of great stuff. Fantastic match. Uh, you still refuse to watch it, but uh, it was a great match. Oh, yes. Never never will. Um <laughs> Yeah, so, well, all right. Great match. Yeah, it was and, good match, yeah. And I, and Candace I, Candace was, look, was looking hot as usual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, no comment. And uh, so, at, at, so you know, in the end, she tried, you know, she tried her ass off, what, um, and uh, she, but she ended up tapping out. And uh, this, now, this was, this was lightning quick, okay? It's barely perceptible to the human eye, all right? But if you go back and watch the footage... And and you know what you're looking for. If you look, like right after she right after she taps out and the ref calls for the bell, she immediately brushes her hair out of her face. Uh. Yep. Yep. So um so she lost some points with me for that, but it's okay. She didn't have much to lose to begin with. Uh do we care about Pete Dunn and Danny Birch? Uh, no. But this was just to set up the uh, Davian Priest thing, right? Was that when yeah. this happened? 
That was, yeah. Which Come was out. cool. I thought that was cool. Yeah, we, 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 um, but I mean, in general, like, okay, despite the fact that he got punched by Damian Priest, um, do we care about Pete Dunn? Like, I don't know. I, I kind of do a little bit, but just, I don't enjoy his matches necessarily. I feel like he I used to much. care about Pete Dunn. Uh, I, I wasn't a fan of his, the heel of Pete Dunn at first, but now I'm kind of just tired of him. Right, right. Uh, he, he, he does too much, do you think? Think he just does too much? Uh, not really. I don't know. And, and Danny Birch, uh, him and Oni Loker as a tag team always had good matches. But I, was, I, I don't think anybody really cares about Danny Birch. Dude, there, there's a lot of guys on that roster that people don't care about and never will care about and aren't going to get any better. But they're just going to stay there because they're not, they're not getting rid of anybody. But if you mm-hmm. can you imagine if WWE did a like a spring cleaning? Like how many guys they can literally get rid of if they wanted to. Yeah, and they wouldn't have to worry about AEW signing them because even they probably wouldn't do it. Yeah. All right. So then we get the main event with, uh, you know, uh, Street Profits and uh, Undisputed Era. Uh, We got Wale in this hoe. He's rapping him to the ring of the terrible version of their theme song, which doesn't have any lyrics. I was wondering if he was going to write some lyrics for the theme song, which actually, no, the, the song does have lyrics. Um, it just, the, he didn't, <laughs> he, he didn't do any of them. So, so everybody in the, everybody in the audience, uh, it's a good thing that they all brought a red cup. Cause like, what if, uh, you know, what, if, what if the street profits didn't, um, you know, this is your typical, um, this is your typical street profits and, uh, 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 undisputed era match. I mean, it was a good tag match. They saved it for the main event. They, I think they ran over, they ran over the two hour time. I guess they wanted to, you know, catch people, uh, turning off AEW and just going right to USA. And once again, I, I wonder how many people did that. Like who literally did that? Like as soon as AEW was over, they're like, Oh, oh I got to see the last, is, is there anything left? Like, are they really? Okay. So, I mean, yeah, this is a basic, this is, this is your match. It was good. Like you'd expect. Um, I've already forgotten everything that happened in it. So yeah, that's just me. Um, any comments? Yeah. I don't think there's such a thing as a bad undisputed era match. It was a good match. Uh, I think Montez Ford has a very bright singles career after the street profits thing runs its course. He's, 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 I think he's really good. Hmm. I don't know. I, I don't see it now, but uh, it could be. To me, I look at him as Kofi Kingston, but way better. Um, maybe. I guess I, I don't know. I, I just they kind of fill the same spot, you know. Like they're just gonna. I don't know. I, I've seen him in this tag team. You know, where he can either sell or make a comeback. I don't know what it's going to be like when he's got to carry a match week in and week out. Uh, I think he could, I think he could, you know, get old real quick or the bag of tricks could run out. Um, we'll huh. see. We'll see. Um, so that was, uh, that was NXT week one. Now it got a, it did not win the ratings war as we know. Um, but I don't think there's too much cause for concern. I think uh, 
you know, they've just got to they just got to stick with what they're doing. And um, I think I think over time, if 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 AEW keeps putting on um ridiculous stuff without giving people a reason to care, eventually those numbers are going to come down and down and down and down. And if NXT can like speed up the pace of their show, people will be more inclined to watch that. I think. Okay. It might be a mistake to have it be two hours, though. I know they're just doing that to be competitive, but it might be better. I, I, I like it. I've been hoping for a two-hour show for a while. Because to me, the one hour just wasn't long enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna talk about how many of those hours we've got to watch that fucking have camera grimes in it, but we'll save that for later. So speaking, so continuing on the NXT thing, I've got to talk about the NXT UK from that week. Um, there was a match with uh, with uh, your girl Piper, which I, which I wanted to bring up. Oh yeah, and she she uh, she was working with Isla Dawn. Have you seen Isla Dawn? You know Isla Dawn, right? Uh, the name sounds familiar. I'm sure I've seen her. She's that pale redhead with this like a crazy like uh, like a witch kind of gimmick almost okay yeah 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 she's pretty good um okay. you would you would be uh you would you would be interested in watching this match though because um piper came dangerously close to falling out of her top oh man so i'm not going to tell you whether it happened or not but you'll just have to tune in and find out um, oh you bet your ass i'm tuning in i will i will <laughs> I, I would bet her ass um and speaking of which, uh, she got her fat girl cross body in, so so that's good. That's the only thing I'll spoil about that. Um, but uh, but the important part of all that was that afterwards they tried to interview Piper backstage, and she got interrupted. I'll give you three guesses who interrupted her, and you don't need two of them. <laughs> Jenny. Yes, Jenny's back. She's back. She's on TV. And she's interrupting Piper like she should be. And then, um, and then uh, you know, Piper gets blindsided by Jazzy. And then they both proceed to punch uh, Piper in the face while she's on the ground. And then um, the UK version of Pat Buck uh, comes and tries to grab Ginny and, and pull her off. And she's like, don't touch me, which is awesome. So, like, she already, she's already way better than everybody else that Pat Buck tried to, uh, you know, separate. Mm, and then that's enough of that. So SmackDown had the big debut on Fox. This is the one that all the money went into. Everybody's been talking about. This was where they were going to bring back all the legends and <coughs> the rock was going to be there and all this other stuff. And, um, you know, it was very hyped. It was very hyped. Would you say it was pretty hyped? Very hyped. They even had the pre-show uh, blue carpet. <clears throat> right. So it had, it had had a big night feel to it. Did you watch the blue carpet? No, I, I wanted to. I, I didn't make it in time. Well, I don't think you missed anything. So, Speaking of which, uh, on, a, on a side note, thank God, uh, uh, Sling TV just has Fox again now. So I can record it now. Oh, yeah. I, I guess they were in some sort of a dispute, were they not? Yeah, something. And then I just read, which I, I wish I had known because this past SmackDown, I, I, just, I was falling asleep and I... And I missed the main event because of it, because I didn't know I was able to record it. Mm, okay. Well, um, yeah. So this was it. Uh, and uh, the, what I always think about 
this is this is my favorite thing to think about whenever I see the WWE show and The Rock comes out. And I just want to, I wish I could be like a fly on the wall for that kid anywhere that's sitting there watching it. And they're like, Mommy, why is Dwayne Johnson on WWE? <laughs> I want to know like what the kids think that only know him from the movies and stuff like Jumanji and Fast and Furious or whatever, like all the movies they've seen. I just wonder, like, there's got to be somebody that likes that started watching wrestling after The Rock was an actor and then didn't know that he was part of it. And then they see him on there for the first time. That'd you know, be that, like, uh, that's my son, dude. Is it? Yeah. So, so like, he, was, I, he was surprised. Just tell me the story. Well, he's a big he's a big fan of The Rock from the movies. And I was telling him, I'm like, all right, we're gonna watch SmackDown tonight. I'm like, The Rock's gonna be on there. He's like, The Rock. I mean, yeah, I remember I told you he used to be a wrestler too before he was in movies. So he was pretty stoked about that. Oh, so you told him? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You should just let it happen, bro. I spoiled it. <laughs> I think he knew because I feel like. Uh, I've showed him some matches, but he forgot, like some old Raw. I think I showed him like Rock versus Hogan or something. I don't remember what I showed him. Something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, there's somebody out there that just had no idea, and they were like, "That'd be like, that'd be like if we were watching the WWE, and then Tom Hanks just showed up. You know, he's just like, what? Or Tom Cruise? <laughs> Maybe Tom Cruise would be more accurate. Somebody named Tom. <laughs> Tom, Tom, yeah. Tom Cruise shows up and um. You know, that'd be awesome. Um, so, you know, they did the thing with the the man and the king and all this other stuff, whatever. Uh, it's I've got to say, this is it's probably the most rowdy L.A. crowd they've had in many years. Usually they're pretty like laid back and bored. Um, but these these people are into it. Mm. They were they're hot. Um, let's see. I don't have a lot of notes on this. Um, I have Kevin Owens jobbed on his entrance because he, you know, he just, I think they just showed up with him in the ring, even though he had like one of the premier, uh, advertised matches, the ladder match for his career. And then they just come off commercial and he's just in there. Um, there was a, there was a Dolph Ziggler match, um, that was three minutes, 12 seconds with no chin lock. Um, Rowan got a fat guy crossbody in. Um, there's no Undertaker, and I we talked about Kane Velasquez a little bit. I don't like the whole thing with like Ray and Kane. Like it makes sense, but it, the way they did it, where he's like walking out there with the, his arm in a sling and Kane Velasquez, it just kind of makes Ray Mysterio look like he went and got his big brother to fight for him. You know, it just I just don't like that. I think it would be better if Kane showed up by himself. Um, and, and that, and then they could explain Ray Mysterio later, but the way they did it just made it look like a, like a child that went and got his dad or something. It's just, it like, didn't look like, good. Like, like, like their, their job and not Ray Mysterio basically. A little bit. Yeah. Which they are and they want to do. And I don't know why, yeah. because they shouldn't be doing that. And we've talked about that in the past though. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall thoughts or any other notes? Uh, yeah. So like I was looking forward to Brock and Kofi. I think they could have had a really good. They could have had a really good competitive match, but I did like the, uh, the squash. I thought that was kind of surprising. I know a lot of people were kind of angry about it. I was cool with it. I mean, to me, Kofi was always he had the belt longer than I expected. To me, he was kind of a transitional champion. 
but I liked I liked the quick win. It was kind of, it was kind of shocking. What do you think? You're, you're, I know you're you're a Kofi fan, so. Oh, uh, not really. I'm a I'm a New Day guy. Um, okay. And and like each each of those three individual guys, I find almost to be worthless. I know you're not Big E, but. I mean, Big E had a singles run that no one clearly remembers because they keep saying Big E needs to have a singles run. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, he did, and you didn't fucking care, you know. It's like, <laughs> but as a trio, that's what I want to see because that's where they all, you know, that's where it works. Is that your dildo or vibrator? Like, what? That's how I heard. <laughs> but you are. So, like, okay, so since I've been more uh, into the Twitter. Twitter really does. You kind of see the worst of all the wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how how outspoken they are and just, I don't know, just a bunch of idiots, if you will. So a lot of people were, like, on Twitter that night, like, crying, like, racism. Just, like, stupid shit. How Brock squashed uh, Kofi. It was, it, was, it was kind of ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it might, I mean, there might have been a little racism in it, but whatever. It doesn't matter. It's not gonna, it's nothing new, right? Like I, I, I mean, let's, let's, let's you know let, let's dissect that for a, for a brief moment. Um, now I'm not saying that in any given circumstance you necessarily want to have a, a super competitive match between Kofi Kingston and Brock Lesnar. I'm not saying I would want to see that, and I'm not saying that if I had a big debut on Fox with only a few minutes remaining in TV time and. I know I'm going to make a big debut with Cain Velasquez later, and that's going to lead to some business down the line. I'm not saying that I probably wouldn't have gone for like a really short squash match, no matter who was the champion, right? But let's just take a look at Brock Lesnar and look at the history of like, <coughs> how like, you didn't want to spend any time in the ring with Kofi Kingston, and why haven't we seen a match with Bobby Lashley? You can read between the lines huh. a little bit. Uh, maybe. When was the last time? When was the last time Brock Lesnar was in there? I, well, it was Sheldon Benjamin, I guess, is his friend, but like, I don't know. Well, there you go. There you go. Maybe not. Okay. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, I will say. Okay. Uh, so the Tyson. So Tyson Fury. Um, I mean, that's cool. You know, they're getting you know outside eyeballs onto the product. But how but weak was that? How weak was that? With the, with the shove and all that stuff, you know, like, and, and they're just sitting there doing boxing poses at each other. I mean, just like you could, dude, come on, man. Well, why are they, why are they booking him against Braun? Because, you know, you know, Tyson Fury has to go over and you know, he's going to knock him out with the punch. So why Braun Strowman of all people? I mean, I know like he's, a, he's been buried, you know, long enough, but you figure you'd put Tyson against some kind of like heel who can, who can get knocked out. It's not going to really hurt him. Um. Well, can Braun Strowman be hurt anymore at this point? No, he can't. Yes, I might as well put Braun, I guess. And who is it more impressive? Who is going to be impressive that he would knock out? You know, he's there aren't many people bigger than him. There's nobody bigger than him. Braun Strowman ain't even bigger than him. He's bigger, like bigger muscles, but like at least height wise, you know, you need somebody on that same eye eye level. So. I mean, I, I, I get what they're doing and it's going to, you know, as long as you can, as long as you just look at it from a business perspective, it's going to be a real nice payday for Braun, but, uh, it's going to be embarrassing. I'll tell you that whatever happens, um, it's kind of like, which we'll get to here because we could talk about raw in a second, unless you have any other SmackDown notes. Uh, I think that was it. Yeah. I didn't find it. It was a, 
like it was good production. I liked how they had like the little different, um, you know, uh, well, they well, so they they told you they told you stuff like everybody's gonna be here, and they had people on the blue carpet and all this other stuff coming in, and then you got um uh you know like they they said that there's gonna be like Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair and all these guys and Goldberg and everything, and it's like. You just see him for like two seconds. They barely show Goldberg. You know what I mean? Like he was, he was just in the crowd for like one second. And they was like barely cut to him. You know, so anybody, yeah, that was that was, anybody that was hoping to see those guys do anything, it wasn't. Um, you didn't miss and if, it. And, and if you're hoping on watching 205 Live afterwards, they canceled it at the last minute. Yep, sure did. Canceled 205. People can't, can't get, you can't get any hotter than Cain uh, Velasquez coming out with that um, Mr. Potato Head body and, um, uh, you know, staring at Brock Lesnar. So, um, so yeah, so that I didn't think it was a great show, to be honest. You know, no, I didn't either. But some people liked it. So as long as they think they liked it, um, that's fine. I did. I liked the ladder match. That that was a good match for me. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was it was crazy. They, it was when crazy. he when he slammed when he slammed Shane through that ladder, it was like, oh, dude. Yeah. But I mean, how many times have we seen that stuff? I'm starting to get numb to it, you know. Uh, yeah. So obviously, I talked about Hell in the Cell enough for a whole for its own show. But did you have any other thoughts on it? On Hell in the Cell, um, no, no thoughts. Zero thoughts. So oh, okay, like, well, I can bring up what I'm. What, what's that? Did, did you did you uh, did you like? Um, What'd you What'd you think of the women's Hell in a Cell match? I really put it over strong. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I watched the whole show, and nothing really stood out to me. I thought it was kind of just it was like a throwaway paper. It was like a house show, such mm-hmm. a throwaway. You know what I mean? Like, I mean half the half the half the card was uh was was like wasn't even announced, and just a bunch of meaningless matches. You know, the women's match was good. Yeah, it was kind of fun not knowing what was coming up next, but that probably wasn't the same for people watching at home. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah you have any notes on, on the crowd? Any 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 fans? Did you notice any like there women was... in the crowd or any anything noticeable? Anybody so, smelly? No. When you go to WWE shows, it's pretty much a variety of people. You got you got the belt marks. There was a lot of belts there. Jesus. But there was plenty of kids and families and just people just there to have a good time. There's a you always get like at least when I go, I see a variety of different types of people that go there. You know, it really is like a family entertainment type of atmosphere. And you know, it, the the family entertainment part usually gets hijacked by the you know the wannabe ECW marks, but and the belt marks. But I mean, for the most part, I mean, most of the people are there just to have a good time. There was this girl like right in front of me. She was just dancing all the time and really trying to get on camera every time the red light came on. So she was just like, every time she saw the red light came on, she'd just start, you know, acting up. And then um, she'd sit back down as soon as the light went off. Uh, I told you about the guy that uh, screamed, uh, no one cares about Cain Velasquez. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. There was a, uh, you know, and um, like I mentioned on the show, like people were, People were like booing, you know, the finish of the main event and everything like that. But no one was really mad. They were just, you know, it was they were just fake mad, you know. So, 
So everybody had a pretty, it was like a pretty good time, you know? And, and if anything's going to be like a house show, it should be a pay-per-view because what's well, a pay-per-view, but a house show, it's just a house show. You know, you're not really going to, you're, you're expecting to see matches. Um, but some of them were like, it's just the fact of like, I'm done with this. Like the Baron Corbin, Chad Gable thing. Like we're done with this. The only thing that came out of that was now his name is officially Shorty Gable, but we'll. Oh, dude, that's fucking ridiculous, man. Yeah. Um. So, so, but yeah. So overall, it was a good. Like I had a good time. The only thing that sucked about it was like I was sick, and I didn't want to be there anymore. Um. I would have. I would have much more enjoyed it if I had been able to just relax <laughs> and, you know, just uh, take it in. But, um. But yeah. And uh, and. Just- were they taking any uh, AEW signs away? No, you I, no, I didn't see any. I, I didn't really see any. Because I, I heard that's what they were doing. I heard, I heard they confiscate AEW signs. Didn't I? Couldn't tell you. I didn't see anybody bringing any signs in. I only saw signs afterwards. So I think fans are going to get smart to that. They're probably going to like hide a sign under their shirt or in their pocket and like unfold it later, you know, type thing. Oh. <laughs> make make a sign out of a, a rag and just like stuff the rag down their pants and then pull it out and you know they're, they're you're gonna start seeing people get around that but i don't i don't know about them confiscating stuff i just didn't i wasn't looking for it though i wasn't looking for all the bray wyatt people that were dressed up like the fiend but i saw like four or five of them um you know so uh but yeah and then i also mentioned but i thought uh, i'll i'll mention it again because i thought it was funny like when you know, whenever you see, whenever the fiend comes out, and like he's usually when he's attacking somebody, and they play that weird piercing noise, yeah, and they have the lights and stuff like that, like, so it's like these, so like when you see that, it's like, so you see these choking, <laughs> choking Seth Rollins to the point that blood's coming out of his mouth, which I can't see from my seat, but I saw later, but then like what happens is like these two guys run out with these floodlights, these rotating floodlights, and just stand like right in front of them. And like the the lights are rotating around and everything like that, <laughs> they're just standing like right there. It's so weird. Like when oh. you see it, it just looks stupid. Like when you see that live, you're just like, that looks fucking yeah. stupid. It's like, why aren't you helping him? He's attacking Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is responsible for your paycheck, and you're just gonna hold a light in front of him while he's dying. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So anyway, so then we get to uh, <laughs> we get to Raw. Um, the next night and oh, were you there too no 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 oh. they were they were somewhere else i forget where they were at bakersfield yeah bakersfield Ugh. i'm glad i wasn't there <laughs> uh and so we get this they're not they're not going to talk about that they're not going to talk about anything what i just talked about they're not going to talk about the theme they're not going to talk about Seth Rollins. not until not until two hours and 24 minutes into the show i timed it well, I just paused my DVR and saw what time it was when they talked about it. And it was two hours and 24 minutes um, wow. before they even brought up that shit finish. Um, it's like they really they knew what they did. Um, and so but the opening segment here has Bobby Lashley in Rusev's house. Right. How, how, how'd yeah. you like this segment? This is what you tune in for. Right. You're not there for the wrestling. You want to no, see actually. You want to see this. You want to see this. You want to see Bobby Lashley in Lana's bed. Yeah, I, I like the segment a lot. Um, a lot, eh? So one thing, one thing I wasn't a fan. So, like, so they always have Rusev come out, and he's the angry foreign heel, and he's angry for no reason. 
But I guess he's angry because he's a heel, and that's what heels have to be angry. Are you but, sure he's not just hyped up? <laughs> that too. But this time, there was an actual reason for him to be angry. So after this, after the segment of Lana and, and Lashley, you know, Rusev got so angry and he beat up Orton and Corbin, and the fans really got behind him. And I, and I just thought that was a really good segment. Like, uh, I think I think it transcended well. Hmm. Uh, you didn't like it? No, absolutely not. It was awful. And uh, what what was uh, like? Here's another reason. Here's just like one reason why. Um, why was there music playing in Lashley's video? Like, who's who's? What music was that? Oh, I don't remember the music part. Is that you know? It's that generic sexy music that the WWE likes to play whenever something sexy is going on. And uh, so he's so he's making a video to show to uh, so let's let's think about this. Let's dissect this for a minute. So Bobby Lashley's supposedly at Rusev's house in Rusev's bed with Rusev's woman. Um, and there's music playing in the background, but it's not it doesn't sound like it's playing from in the room they're in. Like it's on the radio. It sounds like the WWE's adding it. And so now, well, so let's imagine, let's even just, let's even just go with that. Now, now, uh, do you think Bobby Lashley sends this video to the office and says, Hey guys, can you play this on raw tonight? And then, uh, they're, they have to like watch it and make sure that no sex actually happens before they can play it. And they're like, well, he didn't actually fuck her. So I guess we could show it. Should we add some music to it? Yeah. Or did Bobby Lashley add the music already? You know, like, I, I wonder. I just kind of wonder. These, like, if, you know. There's, there's a question. I forgot who. It might have been Ben Hameen. I don't know if he tweeted it or retweeted it. I think he tweeted it. Something about, uh, I, li- I like to always have a camera crew when I'm about to have sex with my girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that yeah, makes you know, it's, it's, That makes sense thing. because it's like the whole thing was you wanted to show it to him. <laughs> but you should have done it like, like, you should have done it with, like, your phone. So it looked more realistic, you know, like if you took a selfie video of yourself, then it's like, yeah, I want, I want him to see this. But yeah, when you take a whole camera crew, you know, you, I guess you could have invited him. Now, if you really ask the WWE is like, can you send some of your guys over to film me in bed with Russo's wife? Like, do you think that's like, I mean, how does that, does that, do they, do they cover the expenses like out of your pay? Like, do they get out of Bobby Lashley and Lana's check? Like, what it costs to send the crew out there? Like, how does that work? Good question. Yeah. All right. Um, so, I wonder, so I wonder, okay, so this angle is, is new. I wonder if they already know, okay, Rusev and Lana and, and Lashley are going to be on the same brand. Because I can see w, I can see them being on separate band, brands and WWE just squashing the angle like it never happens, you know? Yeah, I, I could see that. Let's hope, or you know, they Rusev could just be like, "Fuck this, I'm not gonna do it." And then what are they gonna do? Release him? Yeah. Um. Or maybe they think it's funny. Who knows? Maybe we got this all wrong. Maybe Rusev and Lana think that this whole thing is funny and they don't care. And Bobby Lashley's like, you know, hey man, whatever, you know. Like they're just maybe they're all having uh... fun. When Conan was covering it on his podcast, he was like, Lashley and Lana were making out uh, for an uncomfortably long time. 
<laughs> so he, he, did, he described it how I described it. I, I wasn't the only one uncomfortable, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was uncomfortable. That's a good word for it. So we get to start the chin clock up. Um, it was a nice, long match. 16 minutes, 36 seconds. Uh, and the lazy chicken wing, Dolph's lazy chicken wing, came in at uh, 10.43. Um, so that's pretty late in the match. But the actual chin lock came at 11 minutes, 53 seconds. But here's the twist. It was Bobby Roode who applied the chin lock this time. Ha ha. Yeah, so mixing it up there. They're fucking with us, dude. Yeah, you know. Well, they got to change it up. You know, otherwise we'll get bored and we won't talk about it anymore. Mm, Ray Mysterio did a promo, probably explaining uh, Kane Velasquez. Um it sounded like this promo is written word for word by Vincent Mann. So I'm throwing that out there. Um, let's see. There was a women's tag, right? Because that's when um, that's when the Kabuki Warriors came out and did their cool Japanese untranslated promo and made fun of Becky and Charlotte. Um, that's right. And. And then, so then we got the tag match and uh, we got a ref out there, John Cone. Um, so this match had four of my favorites and Charlotte. So that was cool. Um, now, here's a question, though, that I have since. So now Asuka's like a couple times now, she's used the green poison mist, right? Which, uh, you know, that's, I, I'm sure that's just somebody's racist idea in the back. But um, just. For the sake of argument. So you remember how like I was complaining a while ago about how the referees are just doing whatever they like when they do things that they don't normally do just for an angle. So, you know, if uh, somebody cheated in the match, then some referee is going to come all the way out the back and be like, he cheated. And so this match doesn't count now. (laughs) You know, it's like and they never do that. So when. um when uh, the when Oscar's opponents like are uh, clutching at their eyes and covered in green mist, like is that not enough for the referee to say, "Hey, what happened?" And like, there's a bunch of green mist out of Oscar's mouth, and uh, and even if the ref didn't want to say that, is there no refs watching in the back that need to run down to the ring and say, "Hey, she's spitting her eyes," or does anybody want to um, talk about this, or uh, is this are we just are we just going back to the referees don't see anything and they don't reverse decisions anymore? <laughs> that's why That's why I made the point of pointing it out last time that it's stupid when you do this, when you play this game of referees deciding they're going to be referees all of a sudden because now when they're doing something that's way more obvious and they're not calling attention to it, you know, but no one cares. You didn't notice that, right, Sergio? You didn't see that. Yeah, I guess they pick and choose when they want to, you know, enforce that yeah and that was a that was that was the best ref too you know so i'm really disappointed in john cone and then um this ma- this so this episode ends up with uh tyson and braun and a pull apart uh and they weren't very successful like they kept getting at each other as they usually would you know in these type of situations and they you know when the refs weren't enough then then they had to get the uh security and then they had to get the uh the uh um the wrestlers you know but not the good ones 
just the guys that are on main event, like Heath Slater and EC3 and Titus O'Neil and stuff. And Kurt Hawkins, who brushed his hair out of his eyes more times than everybody I've accused of brushing their hair out of their eyes in all the matches and all of the podcasts we've done. Kurt Hawkins did it more in this one pull-apart that wasn't even about him um, than all those guys combined. And, uh, yeah, so it was your typical pull-apart. And um, you know why? You know why I think they really weren't successful in like keeping these guys apart? Because it's because Pat Buck wasn't out there. Where the hell was he? I don't know. I hope he was still selling that beating from uh, Brock Lesnar. I mean, we we both know that if anybody can take down a big man, it's Pat Buck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is that's just what he does. Um. So. Yeah, if he had been out there, uh, he probably could have. He probably could have separated him, don't you think? Well, he knocked out Big Cass with one punch, dude. Yeah, you should. You should have knocked out Tyson Fury. Killed the business. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that was raw. It sucked. Um, what else? Do you have any other notes on this or any memories of it? Yeah, I liked the uh, the last woman standing match. I thought that was good. <laughs> I like how. Um, uh, and Natty was just like sliding down the ramp. <laughs> like, like when she got thrown into the ramp up on the stage or not oh. the ramp, it was like the screen, but the screen has that curve on it. Oh yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It looks like a skate ramp. So she, 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 they throw her face into it. Then she like slides she's just, like her body just slides yeah. down. That was pretty funny. I don't know if they meant it to be funny, but it was, um, yeah, that was good. The Alistair black segment was good. I, I, st- I still wonder if they're going to put Aleister Black and AOP together because I feel like they have the same gimmick right now. Sitting in the dark talking? Yeah, just no one wants to fight them. and like It's, just kinda, it's like the same thing, you know? Maybe they should fight each other. Oh, man. Maybe uh, Aleister Black should call on an old partner to fight AOP. <laughs> no, he's good. Um... All right. Uh, and then uh, they had... Uh, okay, so this will be a little... We'll finish up with this. So NWA is back. Billy Corgan's NWA. And they've got their show on YouTube called NWA Power. Power with three R's. Which, that looks kind of stupid when you keep typing it out like that. But whatever. NWA Power. And um, this show really is... They had the first episode and it really is just... It's like the old world championship wrestling show. The one that had like Tony Schiavone and David Crockett. Like the set is the same. The ring is the same. Like everything looks the same, except it's in high def now. But the the, the format's the same. Like I thought this was really cool. What'd you think? It was cool. It was like a weird time warp. You know what I mean? Because it had that old, I don't know what year. I feel like it's before my time. Um, I don't remember. I don't know what year they stopped doing that, but I but I, I do remember like seeing old like you know Ric Flair promos on that same stage, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yeah, it was weird. So like uh, with wrestling as it is today, this is kind of a throwback. It's almost like pro wrestling at its simplest form. You know, you have a promo, then you have a match, um, and even the matches, it's not really. There wasn't a whole lot of like you know flying around. It was kind of like basic wrestling matches. You know, it was real old school. It was cool. I, mean, I don't know if I'm gonna tune in. Every, I really want. I just. I really just wanted to see Eli Drake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was all right. You know, I, I think 
Nick Aldis has I don't really care about watching him wrestle, but he has good promos. And that chick, uh, I forget her name. Is it a uh, Hurricane Camila or something? Camille. They just call her Camille now. Camille. Okay, yeah, she's real hot. Obviously. Um, yeah. Did you? I, I like that match they had. Um, I like I like how he clotheslined her, and then she was like just looking at him afterwards. Like, but he, see, I, didn't, I actually didn't watch the match. You didn't watch the match. Tim well, Storm and all this now. Yeah, well, fuck you. You need to watch the match. <laughs> Look, man, you never know what you're gonna see if you, you know, if if you, or what you're gonna miss. You got you got to check it out at least, because um, yeah, so that. there's a spot there's a spot in the match where he goes to clothesline Tim Storm and he moves and he clotheslines Camille, and then like after oh, he, after he ends up winning at the end, um, you know, like he's doing the promo at the desk and she's just like, you know, she's got this look on her face because she don't talk. But she's got this look. He's got. He's got. She's got this look on her face, like not not like the obvious overacting look, like she's mad at him, but like she's she's got this faraway look in her eyes, like something's bothering her. And then um, like the the announcer, like is at you know, uh, you know, is asking her, like, are you, you know, is is everything all right, Camille, or whatever, and holds a microphone and like she like she's looks at him, and then and then everybody's like, you know. <laughs> Dude, it's great. It's great. You should have just watched it. So, oh wait, is that when was is that when Nick Aldis wasn't letting her speak? Yeah, he's just like he's like, oh, she's I saw okay. that. Yeah, she's like, she's okay. And then um, the crowd starts, you know, chanting, "She's okay, she's okay." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Jim Jim Cornette is on commentary there, and uh, this he's other scared. guy, uh, I forget his name, um, that was doing. I never heard him before. Uh, God, what was his name? It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, it was that. That's that's exactly those those shows ran until like the late eighties and early nineties. So that was the last time they um they had a show like that. Um, but they're just it really is just like you said. Like it's like a time warp. It's like being able to watch that stuff, but like through a modern lens because everything looks real sharp and clean. Um, so. Um, it's really cool if you if you used to like that stuff, you'll probably like this. And they got a a decent uh, little talent roster. We'll see. Uh, that's why I want to watch it at least for a few weeks, just to see you know like because they're not going to be able to get everybody in on every show. So we have to watch and see like to get the different talent rotation out. But I, I like yeah. it. I, I'm going to keep watching it. I am surprised. Though. I don't know what these NWA contracts look like. I can't imagine them paying that much. But uh, I'm surprised Eli Drake chose to sign with NWA of all companies because you you know what I mean like because to me like I'm a big fan of this to me he's when I see Eli Drake I see someone who could be main eventing WrestleMania and right. for him to not for him to not sign with you know WWE or AEW is kind of a surprise for me what do you think uh I don't know um had there had to have been a reason yeah whatever I'm, that is Maybe they think like, maybe they think they don't need a, I think both companies have a good, uh, first of all, the WWE doesn't need anybody, you know, like Eli Drake's not going to make a difference there, especially considering they already had him signed and they didn't want him there for whatever reason. So whatever happened there, um, you know, they know. And uh, we just we can only are left to speculate on the rumors and stuff we've heard. So um, 
it, but it make it makes sense. Like there may be something more to that that we don't know that made them not interested. Uh, AEW, I don't know what his relationship is like with those guys, um, and maybe they just feel like they that a guy that's you know not that not that good in the ring to them. Maybe looking at it as marks, like they don't want a guy like that or something, or they figure we'll just do fine with MJF. Of course, people like you and I are thinking of like, what could you do if you got MJF and Eli Drake in the same ring together? But maybe they're not interested in that. Um, who knows? I don't have an answer to your question. I don't know that much. You mean, you mean the good old days where, uh, where us used to talk people into the building? Yeah. Now it's going to be just like, they're going to dive people into the building. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, I don't know. But I think this is good for him because it'll give him a more of a big fish in a small pond feel and he'll be able to kind of sell himself to anybody else that wants to offer more. But yeah. as long as you're working enough to pay your bills and uh, if you look at his house, I'm just like, I don't know how you can afford this now. Um, so, he definitely needs to pay his bills. Well, so. I think it was it was it was an it was an apartment in L.A., wasn't it? You saw the the interview he had with uh, I think it was the something yeah. Van Bleek guy. Yeah, yeah, whatever you want to call it, apartment doesn't matter. It's way too expensive. But I know uh, I know the L.A. apartments. Uh, my buddy has a studio in L.A. and it's nineteen hundred a month. Right. So that's so, probably yeah. so that's probably some you know crappy roach infested studio, and Eli Eli Drake's like living on a mountain. You know, overlooking the ocean, shit. Yeah, he needs the money, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, NWA Power, check it out. Um, that's pretty much all I have for this week. Obviously, there's a lot more to talk about. But we'll be talking about that on the next episode, which should arrive on time, right? Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Wednesday, right? Okay. Um, One thing I wanted to mention earlier, uh, I don't know if you caught it, but uh, AEW has a show called Dark on YouTube. Which is which is filmed after the Dynamite show. Did you know that? Yeah, I watched it. Oh, did you? Did I wasn't going to talk the, about uh, it. I wasn't going to talk about it on this episode because technically it hadn't aired yet at this time. Oh, uh, okay. But that's fine. We could talk about it. Well, I, I haven't watched it yet, but I heard a lot of praise for the uh, Kenny Omega and Joey Janela match. Did you, did you catch that? Mm, I saw no such match. That okay, wasn't on. Every, that wasn't on the first episode. Maybe that's like on the next one. Maybe the second one. Everyone's putting it over. So I don't know. I was wondering what you thought. I don't know. That comes out tomorrow. I think they come out on Tuesdays. And I think so. And I think NWA comes out on Mondays. So yeah. Well, I'll check that out. But the one, no, the one I saw had different matches and all it is is just matches um they don't do anything else and it's just jr and excalibur um and and tony shimani's on it but he's like it's like in the backstage studio type role you know where he's like standing there talking and there's like a screen and stuff like that okay Um, and then it's just jr and excalibur on the commentary so if you know if your criticism of AEW is it's too much wrestling, then AEW Dark is just the matches that you didn't see, and it's going to be more wrestling. You're not going to get any entertainment on it, so don't look for it for that. Oh, I figured, yeah, yeah. I don't even remember what the matches were on that episode, but I was just kind of like, eh, I think it was like you know Jurassic <laughs> Jurassic Express versus somebody. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I thought I saw Jimmy Havoc versus somebody. I don't remember. Jimmy Havoc versus somebody. I don't remember, but he had a well, he had a match with he had, he had a match on the second episode of um Dynamite, which we'll talk about on Wednesday, but Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Well, I we'll, we'll 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 clean up all the stuff we missed today. We're kind of out of sorts. We we missed recording the first, you know, half hour of the show, so we had to re-record it because I forgot to hit the button. Um, that was on me. We're uh, we're just kind of like a little bit out of it. Um, this isn't what we're normally used to, so we'll try to get back in a ring shape for our next uh, episode. <laughs> we'll we'll clean up. We'll look around. We'll see if we missed anything that we forgot to talk about today, and we'll try to cover that on the next episode. Um, we'll try to be on time from now on as best we can. And, uh, yeah. So social media hit us up. Um, Sergio, you are at. Yeah. Twitter. You can find me at Mr. Sergezilla. And that is I guess also... Insta- yeah, Instagram. Um, just Sergezilla. Sergezilla. Yeah. Don't be afraid to uh, follow Sergio and uh, troll Sergio. And I am at Opinion Haver uh, on all social medias. Those ones, as well as many others, you can get a hold of me. Um, just give me comments. Give me questions for the mail. Um, just let me know everything I missed that I was supposed to talk about. Uh, make fun of me for forgetting to hit record. Do any of the things that you want to do. Just let me hear from you. Um, it's been a hell of a couple of weeks. We're going to get back on track like we always do. So uh, we have been two in and we are now out.